Babylon was once the center of the world's wealth and commerce, an icon of the global financial market. Its destruction created a shockwave that continues. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah turns to Revelation for a detailed account of Babylon's fall and its impact on the world of the tribulation period. To introduce his message, The Collapse of the Global Financial Market, here's David. Well, the Bible tells a magnificent story about the future of uh, monetary issues. It actually predicts that there will be a universal center of finance uh, in Babylon. And Revelation 18 tells the story of the destruction of Babylon. Babylon, Babylon is fallen. It's fallen, says the scripture. There's going to come a day when that which every business person outside of Christ has mortgaged his life, sometimes his family, his health, that that whole empire is going to be brought to its knees under the judgment of God. We're going to talk about it today and tomorrow as we discuss the collapse of the global financial market. Now, if you have ordered the book, the Book of Signs, you will notice that these chapters come in a certain order. And um, in the first part, which is under the subject of international signs, we've talked about Europe. And uh, for the next two days, we're going to focus our attention on Babylon and uh, what God is going to do in Babylon at the end of the world and the collapse of the global empires. We'll get to that in just a moment, but since I have this book in my hands, let me remind you, you can get your copy of this book. All you have to do is send a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of March. If all you do that, and if everybody keeps doing that, we'll be able to extend this ministry around the world and teach these prophetic truths everywhere. Uh, And we encourage you to help us. And when you do, we just want to help you and send encouragement to you and add value to your walk with Christ. This 463-page book will be a great asset to your library and a great blessing to your heart. It will unpack for you many of the mysteries of the prophetic word, and we're so excited to send it to you as our way of saying thank you for your investment in Turning Point. When you send your gift this month, be sure to ask for your copy of the Book of Signs. Well, let's get started with today's lesson as we open our Bibles together. According to Revelation chapter 18, the ancient city of Babylon is going to be rebuilt and become the commercial capital of the world during the tribulation period. Now remember, the tribulation period could be just a few years away from us because the only thing that needs to happen before the tribulation takes place is for the Lord to return to take his own back to heaven. We could be living in the early days of some of the things that are going to happen in the tribulation. And before we're finished today, I think you will agree with me that we are. Now, the Bible says that Babylon is going to be rebuilt. And we might wonder why that would be an important thing. Dr. Henry Morris, who is in heaven today, but was a part of this church for many years, explains in his book on Revelation that Babylon's location is the most ideal in the world for any kind of international center. Not only is it in the beautiful and fertile Tigris-Euphrates plain, but it is near some of the world's richest oil reserves. Computer studies for the Institute of Creation Research have shown, for example, that Babylon is very near the geographical center of all of the Earth's land masses. It is within navigable distances to the Persian Gulf, and it is at the crossroads of the three great continents of Europe, Asia, and Africa. 
So there's no more ideal location anywhere for a world trade center, a world communication center, a world banking center, or a world capital. The greatest historian of modern times, a man by the name of Arnold Toynbee, used to stress to his readers and his students that Babylon would be the best place in the world to build a future world cultural metropolis. And with all these advantages, and with the head start already made by the Iraqis, it is not far-fetched at all to suggest that the future capital of the world during the tribulation period would be established in Babylon. Now, the amazing story of the rebuilding of the city of Babylon is once again proof of the miraculous nature of biblical prophecy. Long before this rebuilding process began in our life, prophets Jeremiah and Isaiah and even John the Apostle put together a scenario that demands that this city be rebuilt. UNESCO is pumping millions of dollars into Babylon with the help of private donors. The UN is hoping to turn Babylon into a thriving center of tourism and commerce. They actually have a motto that they use when they send out to countries. It says this, tourism, not terrorism. That's how they're trying to advertise their new city. And if everything goes according to plan, Babylon will be a cultural center complete with shopping malls, hotels, and maybe even a theme park. Well, what is going on there is important in terms of what the Bible has to say. For you see, the city of Babylon is located 60 miles south of Baghdad, and it is the city that was founded by Nimrod, the first world dictator, and we read about him in the early days of this message series from Genesis chapter 11 when he led the people to build the tower up into the heavens in an affront to God. According to the prophetic scheme that's outlined in the book of Revelation, when the Antichrist takes control of the world during the tribulation, he will rule and reign from three cities. From Rome, he will rule the political world. And from Jerusalem, he will make a covenant with the Jews and rule the religious world. And from Babylon, he will rule the financial and commercial world. And it's interesting as you begin to study this and you open your mind to this, that Babylon, next to Jerusalem, is the most frequently mentioned city in all of the Bible. In fact, if I've got it right, it's mentioned 294 times throughout the Bible. It is first mentioned in Genesis 10 and last mentioned in Revelation 21. And if you study Jeremiah's prophecy concerning Babylon in Jeremiah 50 and 51, the term Babylon is found 37 times in just those two chapters. And whenever Babylon is mentioned in the Bible, it is always negative. When you read about Jerusalem in the Bible, it's always positive. Jerusalem is God's city. But Babylon in the Bible is man's city. Babylon is a place of rebellion. It was here that the famous Tower of Babel was built. And from the beginning, Babylon has been synonymous with paganism and humanism and rebellion. In his prophecy against future Babylon, Jeremiah the prophet spoke of a day when Babylon would be no more, and his words describe it as a place that will be desolate forever, a heap of ruins, a haunt of jackals, an object of horror and scorn, a desert and dry land, a place where no man lives and through which no man travels. Isaiah the prophet has a similar prophecy. Isaiah adds that Babylon is a desolate land, that will never again be inhabited or lived in through all generations, where no Arab will pitch his tent and no shepherd 
will rest his flocks. Now, the importance of those prophecies is this, that Babylon has never been destroyed, nor has it ever been desolate, nor is it desolate today. When Babylon was taken over by the Medes and Persians, which we read about in the book of Daniel, and you remember the night when Belshazzar was hosting and the handwriting on the wall came and God said, this kingdom is being taken away from Babylon and given to the Medes and Persians. When the Medes and Persians took over Babylon, they didn't destroy the city. They used the city and they ruled from the city. When the Medo-Persian Empire was gone, the Greeks took over and Alexander was the leader, Alexander the Great. Babylon was one of the major cities in his reign. So there's never been a time when Babylon has been totally destroyed, as the Scripture says. But there will be a time in the future when that happens, a time yet to take place, a time when Babylon will be destroyed, and the Bible speaks of it. And since it hasn't happened, we know it's yet to happen in the future. Since we've already established the rebuilding of Babylon, it is obvious that these prophecies concerning its destruction will take place in the future. And some people wonder, well, how can that city ever be built to be like it's described here in Revelation 18 and some of the other passages? We must remember that we live in a different time and a different era when it comes to building these days. When the Antichrist takes control of the world in the early part of the tribulation and he has absolute total control of all of the industry and all of the money, he will bring all of the industry and all of the money to play and with an urgency to do it the city of Babylon can literally be rebuilt overnight through the technology that we currently have if someone has total control of all the assets and the abilities so one day in the future already under process the city of Babylon is being built and the Bible says that one day as surely as it is rebuilt it will be destroyed the book of Revelation not only prophesies Babylon's future destruction, but it devotes an entire chapter to describe in detail why it is destroyed and how it takes place. I want to just remind you, this is not just about the rebuilding and the destruction of a city. Babylon represents in the Bible and in the world everything that is against God. The whole concept of Babylon is man's independence from God, man building a tower to God in affront to him, man building the great city of Babylon where Nebuchadnezzar walks on the walls at night and says, is this not this great city which I have built for my own purposes, for my own glory? Babylon is about man holding his fist up in God's face and saying, I don't need you, God. I can do all this myself. I am self-sufficient. I have everything I need. I do not need God. Babylon is synonymous for rebellion and humanism and anti-God sentiment. Not just the city, but in the culture today. Could I stop for a moment and ask, is there any of that going on in our world today? Is our culture moving more and more toward an affront to God, not even trying to couch it in nice terms anymore? Well, the Bible says one of these days Babylon and all that it represents will be destroyed. So let me begin with the destruction of Babylon. In chapter 18 of Revelation, verses 1 and 2, we read, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And the angel cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. 
John the Apostle here writes about an angel so powerful that when he comes to this earth, he lights up the whole world. This angel is thought by some to be the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and he pronounces judgment upon the city of Babylon. This is also the message of Isaiah the prophet, who writes in Isaiah 21, 9, Babylon is fallen and fallen, and all the carved images of her gods he has broken to the ground. Now, when the angel speaks this judgment, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, he uses a phrase that describes an instantaneous action. Ladies and gentlemen, the destruction of Babylon will be no gradual thing. It will be done in a moment. In fact, three times in this chapter, we are told that it happens in one hour. In one hour, everything people have lived for their whole lives will be gone. Now, why does God pour out his judgment on this city in such a definitive way? I'm glad you asked that question because all the answers are right here in the book of Revelation 18 chapter. And I want to give you the six key reasons why God destroys Babylon. First of all, God destroys Babylon because of her sorceries. Verses 1 and 2 we read, And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Men and women, in the end time, when this great city is reconstructed, it will be a city that is overrun by satanic and demonic activity. In that future day, Babylon will be the center of depravity, where spirits will be striving to gain control over men. In fact, did you know what the word sorcery means in the Greek language? The word sorcery is a translation in the Greek language of the word pharmakia. Pharmakia. It's the word from which we get our word pharmacy. It represents drugs. In that city will be demonism, Satanism, and unrestricted addiction to drugs. It will be an awful city for anything that we would deem valuable in culture. It will be destroyed because of its sorceries. Secondly, it will be destroyed because of its seductions. Verse 3 says this, Revelation 18.3, For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Ladies and gentlemen, in this day in the future, when Babylon is rebuilt, it will be famous around the world as the most enlightened and liberated city to ever exist on earth. Her constitution will give free reign to all forms of immorality. There will be no such thing as anything immoral. Anything will go. Nations and kings and merchants will be seduced to be unfaithful to God. And the rulers and the rich of the world will all be drawn to Babylon. In that day, if you have any money at all, you will want to have a condo in Babylon. That's the way it'll work. And prosperity will so overwhelm people in this city to make Babylon's merchants some of the greatest men in the world. Not just those who deal and trade with Babylon, but the merchants from Babylon will become some of the richest people the world has ever seen, drawing the Forbes chart way out of perspective. Nobody will ever have had the resources and the money that these people have. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, this is quite reasonable. For Iraq was the world's 13th largest oil producer in 2008 and has the world's third largest proven petroleum reserves after Saudi Arabia and Canada. 
But just a fraction of Iraq's known fields are in development. And many people believe that Iraq may be one of the few places left where vast reserves, proven and unknown, have barely been exploited. Where does all the wealth come from? Well, as you know, we are not on the gold standard anymore. We're on the oil standard. And Iraq and Baghdad and Babylon will be deep into the resources that come out of the ground for which the whole world is lusting and clamoring. And of course, when you have those kind of resources and you are not godly, everything else comes along with it. John Phillips, one of the commentators on the book of Revelation, writes this paragraph. He says, The crime syndicate, already enormously wealthy and powerful, futile, ruthless, and omnipresent, will move its headquarters to Babylon. There can be little doubt that the syndicate controlling the vice traffic of the world and insinuating itself into all kinds of legitimate business will ultimately look to the Antichrist as its leader and will locate itself in the final city of Babylon. So what we see here is that Babylon epitomizes the godless influence that will reign over all of the social and political and cultural and commercial life in the tribulation. Nations and kings and merchants, according to the text, will be intoxicated by this city. They will be drunk with the lure of Babylon. Babylon will be judged because of her sorceries and her seductions. But notice in verse 5, Babylon is judged because of her sins. Here's how it reads. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Here is an interesting little insight from the language of the New Testament. The word reached that you read in your text is a Greek word that literally means to be glued together or welded together. The picture is so graphic. The sins of Babylon have been piled one upon another as bricks being piled in a building. This is a throwback to the Tower of Babel, which began the wicked career of Babylon in Genesis 11. Basically, God is saying that just as Babylon once put bricks one on top of another to build the physical tower to Babel, which did not reach to heaven, so now she has piled her sins one on another, and they have reached to heaven and gotten God's attention. And for her sins, God will come down to judge this city. She will be judged because of her sorceries and because of her seductions and because of her sins and because of her self-glorification. Very interesting, verse 7. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. Babylon is proud and arrogant and they've come into their own and they view themselves as the indestructible city which has never before been realized on planet earth and they almost sneer and say, I will have no sorrow. No one will ever get to me. This is the city, impregnable, invulnerable, the ultimate city of the world, and the best that man can do with his resources. As rich and luxurious as life is for many of us today, it will be surpassed by a thousand times with the opulence of Babylon. The pride of Nebuchadnezzar is going to live again someday as Babylon views herself as immortal and invincible. She will be judged because of her arrogance 
and because of her self-glorification. Here's the next one. Babylon is judged because of her slavery. Now, in verses 12 through 13 of Revelation 18, I want to read to you a list of all of the wonderful things that will be in Babylon, all of the commodities that will be available. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron and marble, and cinnamon and incense, and fragrant oil, and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and bodies and souls of men. Now, if you go through this list, there are 28 objects on the list. It's interesting to see that gold and silver are at the top. Some people may wonder if that means we get off the oil standard and we go back to the gold standard. Nobody knows. But after the beginning of the list, next are the things that are for outward show. Remember, this is the wealthiest city the world has ever known. Everybody who is in that city has so much money, so many resources. Outward show, personal adornment, followed by the choice articles of rare and precious wood and metal and ivory, and finally the perfumes and the other luxuries and the more substantial commodities, including horses and chariots. But notice how the list ends. And bodies and souls of men. Human trafficking and slavery are a part of the Babylonian prosperity. Babylonian culture and the final system of commerce there will be a dehumanized mankind, slaves of every kind, prostitutes, male slaves, every kind of debauchery your mind could ever imagine and that you've ever read about in the worst things you've ever read. And sadly, ladies and gentlemen, we are already experienced the proliferation of that kind of slavery in our culture today. Nobody talks much about it. But Kevin Bales, an activist professor of sociology in England, has written a book called Disposable People, The New Slavery in the Global Economy. And in this book, he points out that while slavery is still illegal all over the world, there are more than 27 million people who are trapped in history's oldest social institution. With the exception that now, this is a slavery that is linked to the global economy. The new slaves are not viewed as long-term investments as once was true. Instead, they are cheap, they require little care, and they are disposable. And that's what will be true in the city of Babylon. It will be a city of trafficking in slavery in the most awful kinds of social degradation that ever has been imagined. And we have more uh, descriptive terms from the scripture about uh, Babylon and the collapse of the global financial market. Uh, The scripture is Revelation 18. Uh, This is uh, in the first section of the book, the 31 signs of the apocalypse, the book of signs. And that book is our resource for the month of March. You can get your copy by simply sending a gift of any size to Turning Point. Your gift helps us cover the cost of airtime and production so that we can continue expanding, not just here in this country, but throughout Canada and Australia and New Zealand. 
throughout Great Britain. Um, we're in China. We're in so many places. And because of your faithfulness in giving, we're able to do that because almost no resources come back from those missionary uh, airings. It's all supported because of what we do here in the States and because of your faithfulness. And I just can't thank you enough. And on behalf of all of those who receive the message that is uh, underwritten by all of you, thank you for them as well. When you send your gift this month, be sure to ask for your copy of the Book of Signs. And don't forget, you can get the three study guides from davidjeremiah.org. That's a whole different deal, but just go there and you'll find out how to get them. You can order them and have them shipped right to your home and be ready to marry together the book and the study guides and listen to it on the on the radio. And, and, and there's also a, a set of CDs that will help you if you've missed some broadcasts or if you just want to go back and listen again. And we'll be back here tomorrow uh, with uh, part two of the collapse of the global financial market. And uh, I know because we ended in a very intriguing place, you'll want to be with us as we conclude our discussions about that subject right here on Turning Point tomorrow. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Signs, 31 Undeniable Prophecies of the Apocalypse, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's informative book, The Book of Signs, 31 Undeniable Prophecies of the Apocalypse. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James Versions available in your choice of handsome cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the prophetic series, Signs, right here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. In all we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. The book of Revelation is filled with mystery, prophecy, and numbers. In fact, the number seven is mentioned 54 times. Dr. David Jeremiah helps us understand these sevens in the Revelation 7 Study Handbook and Seven Praises Bookmark, yours this month for a gift of any amount. And when you give a gift of $60 or more, you'll gain a clearer understanding with the Seven Churches of Revelation Study Set, which includes a CD or DVD album and study guide. Go to davidjeremiah.ca to learn more. Napoleon Bonaparte, the French general and emperor, made countless decisions in his professional life. 
What he said about decision-making then might be worth considering. He said, nothing is more difficult and therefore more precious than to be able to decide. Decision-making for a Christian is not necessarily easier. We go through all the normal steps of gathering information, weighing options, and so on, and we pray for guidance. But the Christian has this assurance from the book of Proverbs. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And God uses every decision for our good to conform us to the image of Christ. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's way to decide on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.